Welcome to the WVS Podcast, brought to you by WeddingVideographySchool.com, your online resource for building a wedding videography business from start to finish. And now, here's your host, Michael Lee Ring. Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the WVS Podcast. You are listening to episode five. Um, from here on out, I will be just, you know, whether it's a Q&A podcast or whether it's a full episode like this one, um, I've been distinguishing between those on iTunes and uh, on the website, but I will just drop the dis- uh, the distinguishing uh, title and we will just start going in order of you know, podcast one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. Um, I think it'll just simplify things. So if you do see that change, don't be confused. Um, some episodes will be a little bit shorter Q&A sessions. Others will be full episodes like this one. Although in this one, we will be doing a, uh, a Q&A session, but it will be a little more... Uh, a little more interactive than the other ones. So I hope you're having a good week. Uh, Hopefully you're out shooting some weddings, uh, maybe booking some for next year, hopefully. I myself had a great weekend up at Lookout Mountain, which is uh, just outside Denver, Colorado. Um, Really great view of the city and of uh, some hills and uh, foothills um, up from uh, a, a back deck basically what that was looking out over everything and they call it the wedding deck and that's where I was shooting a wedding this weekend and it went really well um, tomorrow I leave for St. Paul Minnesota to shoot a wedding for somebody that I know up there um, and you know on today I, I spent a good amount of time packing and prepping my gear and getting my clothes ready and everything and I kind of realized there's a lot that goes into traveling uh, as a videographer. When you got to bring all your equipment, things can get a little tricky, especially if you're like me and most of the time you might might be traveling by yourself, uh, which is the case for me. Uh, this weekend I'll be I'll be traveling by myself. So uh, there's a lot of equipment and it can be a little tough to manage. So. If you have questions about traveling for weddings, uh, submit your questions to me and I'll uh, put together a, a, a tutorial video and outline everything I do to prep for travel. Um, on today's show, I'm talking uh, with Michael Tatera, a former videographer who's getting back into weddings for the first time in two decades. I'm going to be taking some questions from him. And you might be thinking, two decades? Man, what was he doing for two decades where he wasn't shooting weddings? Well, uh, Michael has a, a wife and kids and you know, when, and he has a, a good-paying job. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to go out and start your own business when uh, things are going really well and you got a family and all sorts of activities that, that come along with uh, having kids and uh, it's just a lot of responsibility there. So, um, you know, when I first started out, I was single. I didn't have any kids. Um, I was living paycheck to paycheck. So 
for me, it made a ton of sense to start my business when I did because uh, I just really had nothing to lose. Um, but for other people, uh, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta take care of family first and then pursue your dreams later, even though uh, it sounds a little depressing. <laughs> um, I don't think Michael feels that way. I actually met Michael a few weeks ago for lunch, and he had some great questions for me. And I thought, you know, I bet a bunch of people out there probably have the same questions. And about halfway through the conversation, I wish I'd been recording our conversation. And so Michael was kind enough to call into the show today and do a Q&A session with me. I don't want to talk too much about him. I'm going to let him kind of uh, give you a little bit of his own backstory. Um, but we're, we're going to get into that Q&A session right now. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Michael. How's it going, buddy? Hey, thank you. Thanks for, uh, you know, giving me this opportunity to ask you some questions. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've actually met in person before and uh, had a great conversation about uh, wedding videography and um, and just kind of getting back into it. Um, I know that's kind of something you've been talking about doing. Um, so I figured no better, no better person to have on the show today than someone who has a lot of good questions. Um, so I think hopefully, you know, you'll benefit from this, but hopefully a lot of other people out there listening will benefit as well. So, um, before we jump in and before you start asking questions and talking about, um, the last wedding you shot and stuff like that, um, I'd love to just, uh, hear a little bit about you. Um, give us a little background on yourself, how you got into wedding videography, um, maybe an overview of where you've been, where you are now, and where you hope to go. Great. Yeah. So maybe I'm not your typical subscriber. Um, my name is Michael J. Tatera, and I'm the owner of Tatera Studios. I'm 46 years old, <laughs> which probably a lot of your subscribers a lot earlier are, are younger. Um, I'm, uh, very yeah. possible, very yeah. possible, but we don't, we don't discriminate here. <laughs> good. Good. Cause I'm coming in as a beginner. I feel like really, I do. I feel like I'm in my early twenties, just really wanting to express my passion for video and, and actually for photography as well. I've been, this has been a passion of mine all my life. I've, uh, in fact, I did own a, um, wedding videography business back in the late nineties. And that was back in the day when everything was linear, um, tape based. Uh, I shot a lot of footage on high eight analog <laughs> and, um, and, and truly it was my passion. I mean, I just loved everything about it. I loved going out doing weddings, uh, probably did about a dozen or so, not, not too many, but it, it was a lot of fun at the end of the day. The tough part, of course, was taking all this uh, tape footage back home, loading it up into uh, not a nonlinear computer system, a, a very linear system. I had a Sony EVO 9700, I think it was called. It was a tape-based. I had to type in time code, do all that kind of stuff. And the end, the end of the story was it, it was awesome when the product was done, but it was just a ton of time to produce something like that. Um, so I, so I stopped, uh, probably around 2000, maybe early two thousands. I just stopped doing weddings and, and stuck to, um, you know, mostly passion projects, uh, corporate gigs, 
uh, stuff that didn't require maybe so much creativity. Um, but I've enjoyed watching the industry change. I mean, the industry, of course, now is all nonlinear. It's all computer-based. Um, you can really do a lot more. You can uh, express yourself, you know, uh, more creatively. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm at that point where, and I have to blame this on you, Michael, um, <laughs> from listening to your podcast, I mean, you've ignited my passion again because I remember how much fun it was, how much enjoyment I had. And that's really what I want to do is I just want to, I want to get back into that. I want to, uh, stretch my, you know, skill set. Uh, don't want to, uh, do anything, you know, just standard normal. I want to, I want to really push myself and, and be that creative person that I, I hope to be. Um, and so I really thank you for your, uh, your, you know, wedding videography school has just been awesome. It's, uh, it's <laughs> like I said, I'm blaming it on you because all of a sudden I'm back into it. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear that's been useful. Um, so yeah, the the tape based stuff always gets me. I I worked in news for a little while, uh, television news, and I remember there were um, when I first started, there was like one tape to tape editor left. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest, I never went near the thing. I didn't want to know how to use it. I would just, just wanted to stay so far away from that thing because I couldn't imagine having to go tape to tape. Luckily for me, when I first got into uh, video editing, before I was even doing weddings, I was using Final Cut Pro 4 or 5 or something. Like, <laughs> And I think that wasn't even like the latest version at the time. So I, I kind of just miss the uh, tail end of the tape, tape to tape stuff. Um, Be it, thankful. <laughs> yeah, I, trust me, I am. But I'm curious, when you were doing tape to tape, you know, obviously weddings are a lot of work just using a regular nonlinear editor today. But how much time was it taking you to, to do a project back then? Um, that, that was the sad thing. I, it would take me, you know, at least, at, at least three months, um, sometimes even longer because as a, as somewhat of a, well, as a perfectionist, I mean, I would, I would just go back and re-edit and re-edit. I go, ah, that cut didn't look right or it wasn't smooth enough. And I'd go back and because this is linear and tape based, you got to start all over again. <laughs> um, so I would revisit over and over and over just to make it perfect. I mean, and because creativity was much more difficult back then, um, it just took longer. Uh, it took longer to do things, you know, to titles, graphics, all that kind of stuff. And I had, you know, multiple uh, systems that I was working on and trying to get it, uh, you know, all done. And and I wasn't happy if it if I wasn't. You know, I wouldn't be happy with the final product, um, you know, within that first three months. I I would always just keep revisiting it. And then I knew that wasn't a good business plan either because I would spend (laughs) three to six months on a on a wedding video. And my uh, bride, understandably, she, you know, she would like, okay, when's it going to be done? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And you know what? I think I think there's people out there that, you know, even like even if you just look at uh, nonlinear editors, you know, there's still people that are, are like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily 
the fault of the equipment. It's more um, kind of, yeah, like you said, the perfectionism. Right. Um, I'm going to revise this and revise this and revise this. And at some point, I think you do have to kind of draw the line there. But, right. um, okay, so, so wow. Um, <laughs> so maybe give us an idea of what you want to do moving forward. Yeah. Like, what do you see yourself doing? What do you kind of see yourself uh, wanting to um, accomplish? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not looking to go full time. Um, you know, I do have a full time uh, job in the IT field. And uh, but I just I want this to be an outlet for my creativity. I mean, I really because it's been a passion since, you know, I was three years old on a on a Super 8 film camera. Um, I. I just, I need this outlet. I want to do it. So, so if I did, let's say four, maybe five weddings a year, that would be plenty. That would be, that would satisfy my, um, my passion. And so, so again, I'm not looking to go full time. In fact, I would rather probably, um, be, be as happy helping another business as say as a second shooter or a third shooter or something like that, just helping out. So I, Again, can exercise that that creativity part. Um, but uh, with that being said, I've already booked uh, three weddings. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and and I really don't even have because I'm embarrassed. I don't want to show the wedding I did ten years ago. You know, I it just it I don't think it's reflective. So I I've told my brides that I've I've said, you know, this is where I'm coming from. Uh, I did show them some corporate video. I, you know, I am very familiar with uh, nonlinear editing. You know, I got the whole creative cloud and um, and trying to be as creative as possible in the in the corporate world. But uh, I don't have any weddings to show, and um, and so far they've been totally cool with it. And as soon as I do, which I just finished a wedding last Saturday, which by the way just went awesome. It was so much fun. I. Uh, Again, it, it reassured me why I want to get into doing weddings again. It's just uh, a ton of fun. Now there's editing to come, and that's the uh, that's the second part, <laughs> probably the the harder part of it. <laughs> well, well, you've committed yourself to three weddings here. It sounds like so yeah, exactly. uh, you're gonna need to uh, to <laughs> to figure out what you're doing real quick. So and yep. and I'd love to to help you do that. Um, what how did you get these weddings, um, that you're doing now? I'm sure some people, some newbies out there are curious how you went about finding, uh, these clients. Yeah, it's strictly been word of mouth. Um, it was a, uh, the bride, the first one was from a corporate gig. She was getting, you know, married and, and she knew that I did video work and, She's like, do you do weddings? And I told her, my first answer was no. I said, I quit. I quit doing weddings 10 years ago. I was done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she's like, how can I convince you to do my wedding? And so then, um, you know, I finally said, okay, and agreed to it. And and then she re, let's see, how did I get the second one? The second, oh, the second one was done from, okay. So what I did, and this kind of helped, I think, is I contacted the photographer and the DJ of this wedding and had a great planning session with them. I just, I laid it all out, told them, you know, who I was, how I wanted to work really closely with them. Um, the DJ was, I mean, we got, he was, I guess, really impressed and he got another gig and he referred me, um, to the, to this other bride. 
so I, I got, that's how I got contacted, um, with this bride. And then, um, with this other wedding, it was, um, contacting the photographer. We hit it off really well, talked with him, told him where I'm coming from. And then we, we did a wedding just last Saturday and I worked so well with this photographer. He's awesome. He's really a good guy. Um, he referred me to a, to a bride that contacted him. So it's just been, I no advertising, nothing like that. Uh, it's just been word of mouth and I think it's really important. And I learned this from you and from your podcast is not only that networking portion, but also just being super nice to people, whether it's a vendor, whether it's a caterer, uh, a DJ, a photographer, um, the venue property owner, it's, it's all about, you know, presenting yourself professionally, being nice, showing them that you have that passion and, and again, Michael, I mean, that is, you know, from one of your, I, I believe it was the networking podcast that I was just like, yeah, he's right on. You need, uh, you need to portray that, um, enthusiasm and then people see your true passion and then want to work with you. And so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I say this all the time when, when you're out somewhere, it doesn't matter wh whether you're at work or not. It doesn't matter if you're at a wedding or um, just getting the mail or whatever on a walk around your neighborhood. Um, just being polite to people, being nice, uh, saying hi, um, that will usually lead to a conversation. And, you know, a lot of conversations, one of the first things that people will ask you is, well, what do you do for work? Um, and so that's, you know, a fantastic way to just say, here's what I do. I'm a wedding videographer. And then, you know, from there, you just never know who's going to need your services and you just never know who's going to be the person to, um, refer, uh, a, a client to you. And so, you know, my advice is to, is to, um, just, uh, treat everybody as if they're your next lead, right? They're right. your next referral source. So um, true. Very true. In fact, I just got my hair cut um, before the wedding and and uh, um, the lady doing my hair uh, is getting married. And so we just struck up a conversation and she's like, wow, do you have a business card? Do you, you know, and you're right. It could be anybody. So just always be, uh, you know, cognitiveness. I can't even say the word <laughs> of that. And uh, and like you said, just, uh, you know, you never know what it's going to lead to. So. So. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. And so what are some things, um, that you've found to be challenging thus far in terms of getting back into the rhythm of, of shooting and editing? And, um, is there anything that's been particularly, uh, challenging for you? Yeah, really the, you know, again, coming from the viewpoint of a beginner getting into this, um, it's that unknown. Uh, even though I had done weddings 10, 15 years ago, um, I was completely scared about this first wedding. My stomach was turning. I, um, oh, it was just that unknown. I, uh, but I pushed myself. I just kept telling myself, uh, be yourself, uh, go in there, do the best job you can. It's not heart surgery. You know, nobody's going to die. Um, and so I finally pushed myself through. I also had a crew of uh, three other guys 
that helped out. So it was that was kind of nice too. So we had a crew of four, which is which is I think the biggest I've ever shot with. Usually I do two or three. Um, so this was a crew of four, and that was re- that was reassuring, especially on the first gig. And maybe I recommend that is to have a bigger crew because then you can concentrate on certain things and know that the rest of your crew is covering the rest. Um, and, uh, and, and so that being the unknown was just super scary. Now I've got all the footage I've, you know, loaded it into my computer. I've got, <laughs> I've got 140 gigabytes of footage <laughs> to go through. And that is now going to be my next challenge. I'm, uh, my stomach's turning again, you know, I'm a little scared about it, but I do, you know, with any of my video projects, I always kind of feel that way in the beginning. It's like, well, this is this is huge. But as you get into it, you start to figure out the formula, you start figuring out what works. And then in the end, really, it's all worth it, especially uh, that feeling of self-accomplishment that, you know, you've worked so hard and you've produced something, um, you know, that you feel is good. And then to hear from your client that it's good or great. I mean, that that response really does make everything make all the hard work worth it you know and so that's what that's what keeps keeps me going i mean uh you know otherwise it's like why you know why would you put yourself through all this (laughs) yeah and so that uneasiness what what you know and i believe me i am an expert when it comes to fear of failure because i feel like i'm probably majored that or majored in that at some point um and now that the wedding is done, when you look back at those fears, were they rational, irrational, um, maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, I think they were both because they did the fear, even though it, it may have hurt, you know, <laughs> um, it did make me uh, get organized, uh, really plan. Uh, we had a uh, pre-meeting before the wedding, uh, the day before. I uh, had a, had my crew over for dinner at my house. We we laid out a game plan, wrote wrote things down on paper. Um, if I were to take this, if I were to take it, say casually, then then that planning wouldn't have happened. I would have just shown up, and then probably tons of failure. Well, because we did so much planning, we had a good, um, you know, it was a great meeting. We all felt good about it. Uh, then when we arrived, we were ready to go. I mean, everybody had their roles and, and it felt great. Um, there, there's still some things that, uh, didn't go perfect, you know, perfectly planned. Um, but I think if we hadn't planned first, it would have been a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Planning, planning is good. Um, it sounds like you definitely went the extra mile having everybody over to, to kind of gather around and plan, but um, I think as you, as you do more and more weddings, it, you'll kind of settle into a, a little bit more of a flow. Um, so it won't feel like a huge event every time. It'll still feel like a responsibility, um, but it, it probably won't feel as intense uh, as you keep going. Um, so at, as most people know today, we just want to dive in with questions. Um, any questions that you have, I'd love to answer them. Hopefully, you have uh, questions mm-hmm. that other people out there have. Um, you know, as you're heading into the editing process or your next your next wedding, what are some things that have you've been thinking about? 
Yeah, yeah. And I and again, I really appreciate this opportunity to do that. I know we had lunch before and I did ask you a lot of questions. And so I'm going to probably ask some of those questions again. Um, but really, this is just a great resource. And I appreciate you just being, you know, uh, generous with your time and, and being an educator to all of us beginners. So, so thank you in that regard. Um, so first off, this is kind of a weird question, but I absolutely love the name films about love. All right. That, that's an awesome name. I love it. But with the last name of ring, how did that not get worked into your business name? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, films about love, uh, com is my website and that's the business that I run out here in Colorado. Um, and that name really just kind of came about because I'm, I'm a simple person. Um, not a simple tin, <laughs> just a, just a simple guy. Um, I don't like things overly complicated. Um, so when I was coming up with a name for my business, it was just like, well, what am I making here? I'm making videos, um, films, I guess you could call them films about love. Sounds good. This is pretty much my, was my train of thought. It really didn't take much time. Um, so, <laughs> well, I was just thinking with ring, you know, wedding ring. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> you know, the, oh God, it's, uh... you know, when you have a name that people always like say something about, Oh, like wedding ring or Lord of the Rings or <laughs> like people just always say stuff about the last name. So yeah, the, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, eh, I don't want to talk about it <laughs> or like, I don't want to include that in my, uh, well, I, I think what you did is great though. Films about love. I mean, it gets really to the point. It's easy to remember, uh, easy to spell films about love.com. And I encourage any, any, uh, of your subscribers who haven't gone to your website to check it out because I've probably watched maybe five or six of your videos on there. And, they did two things to me. One, they scared the crap out of me because I'm like, wow, how am I ever going to mimic or even come close to the creativity that you've you know, shown in your films? But it, but it also just gave me a ton of ideas. I mean, it's a great resource to watch your films, to really um, understand your style uh, and, and again, steal some ideas. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, well, I, well, let me say this. Um, and I definitely appreciate the compliments, but I remember when I was first starting out and I won't say the person's name, but I really looked up to this particular person. Um, they lived and worked in Colorado for a really long time. I'm not sure if they're still here or not. Um, but there was, there was a, there was a guy that was running his videography business and I just thought, man, his videos are awesome. And I, you know, so I always kind of admired his work and tried to strive to make my videos like his. Um, and now that I look back and I've, I've actually gone to the website recently, and this is why I didn't want to say who it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I'm like, Oh, my videos are like that. And in some ways I actually like my videos more, obviously I'm biased. <laughs> um, but so it was 
pretty crazy to like look and you know at first you think man i could never be like so and so or i could never make a video as good as them or whatever and it's easy to think that um and i thought that for a really long time about a bunch of different people and this one person in particular mm. um and now that some time has passed and i've done you know 100 plus weddings and more all the time i my style and my abilities have improved dramatically. So it really comes down to just going out and practicing and shooting a ton and doing it over and over and over again. Um, and I would encourage people not to get too caught up in looking at everybody else's work. Um, I, I personally feel really uncomfortable most of the time. Like, checking out other videographers work, um, just cause I do have a tendency to compare myself to other people. Um, and the thing is, is like, there's always going to be someone who's better than you. Um, you know, I, there's a, there's a group out here in Colorado, um, that I really admire, um, called white in reverie, I think is the name. And they're, I think it's like a husband and wife team. I've never met them. Um, so I don't know if they even know that I think <laughs> I, I've only seen like a couple of their videos, but they were awesome. And so, you know, there's always going to be someone out there who you can look up to. And then there's always going to be people out there that you can um, mentor. Right. So right. I, I would encourage to to find people that you can look up to and then to also find people that you can teach stuff to. So, um, yeah. No, that's great advice. I mean, because really, you don't want to get discouraged, um, but you also want to get inspired and encouraged. And so, so I, hey, I look at you as my mentor. <laughs> you're you're my uh, your sense of uh, uh, you know advice and and inspiration has gotten me going. Um, but you're right. I you don't want to compare yourself to everybody else because yeah, that could just be super discouraging. Uh, you know, and bring self doubt. So yeah, no good. Yeah. Advice. And I think, I think in this industry, you deal, you already have to deal with, um, fear of failure. Um, right. uh, it, you have to deal with it enough that putting extra pressure on yourself to be like another videographer is just, um, it's just not a healthy way to, to grow and to learn. So, right. Yep. No, I hear you. Well, I only bring that up because your website is awesome. Well, speaking of your website, did you did you design it, create it, or did you have it outsourced? Would you? Yeah. You get your so, website? so great question. My original website that I had for about four or five years, um, uh, I had designed by somebody, and it was great. The only issue I had with it was that it wasn't responsive, right? So. Um, and what that means is it, it didn't adapt for for mobile phones and tablets and everything because when I first had it designed, mobile was kind of just becoming really a big deal. Um, and so it didn't really look great on the phone and stuff like that. So I had been wanting to change my website for a long time, but I didn't because, you know, my calendar was still booking up um, every year. So it was kind of like why spend the money on it? Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I was tinkering around with the website, I installed a plugin and I can't remember what the name of the plugin was. And it's, it's WordPress based. Um, my, my mm -hmm. sites have always been WordPress based. Um, and this plugin just destroyed my website, like just made it 
like a brick, basically. Um, so nobody could look at it. I couldn't even get into it. It was a nightmare. Um, so I ended up um, going to elegantthemes.com uh, and buying a lifetime membership uh, and downloading the Divi theme, D-I-V-I, and learned how to use that. Um, I had a friend who sort of knew how to use it already, and he actually did the framework for WeddingVideographySchool.com. And then I realized, once I had looked at what he was doing with it, I kind of realized, hey, this isn't all that hard. Um, so luckily, that was around the same time that my website had crashed. So I just copied the Divi theme over to a new website and rebuilt my website. <laughs> so okay. and it, it sucked because it took like a week. Um, mm -hmm. I had to like put everything on hold because, you know, my website is so important and mm -hmm. most videographers out there, like that's how we get our bookings is directly through the website. And, right. um, that's how I get my bookings. Um, and so, yeah, I had to drop everything and make a new website and, uh, it was the most frustrating week of my life. But <laughs> at the, at the end of the week I had, uh, uh, a, I wouldn't say it's an amazing website because I'm really not a web guy, but it's 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 a good website, I think, and it's no, it functional. Is. So uh, yeah. that's all I can really ask for. And so yeah, no, website, it, the website thing, I will say, you know, a lot of people want to know, like, well, I need a website, but I'm not really a web person. Um, you know, I would say this: if you're just starting out. You know, either pay someone to make a website for you, let them know you want to be responsive, you want it to be viewed on, be able to be viewed really well on mobile devices because all, like at least half my clients are just finding me while they're on their phones. Um, they don't even get on their desktop computers to find me anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really important. But honestly, you can just start out with like a Tumblr blog. Um, you know, that's what I did. I, my very first films about a love site, uh, love website was just the, uh, I had a Tumblr blog. Hmm. Um, so you just log in, create an account, apply a theme, and then you could just, I just posted videos as I did them in order. Um, and that was my website. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't anything, but it got me off the ground. And I had that for the first, maybe the first year or so, maybe, maybe even the first two years. Hmm. Um, so yeah, very cool. I people always get hung up on website stuff, but I mean, really, just do something <laughs> simple to start, and then and then build from there. Well, I think that, and that's ultimately what you've produced. You've you know something that's very elegant, beautiful, but it's simple. I mean, you get right to the point as soon as you visit your website. It you know you have your contact information up at top and whatnot, but. Right off the bat, you see a, like a, a reel, you see a highlights film, and then you can scroll down and watch other, you know, brides' uh, highlights films. I mean, so it serves its purpose. It's very simple, clean, elegant. So kudos to that. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> well, thanks. And I and I won't. I don't want to harp on the website too much, but yeah. I will say, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I've seen a lot of websites out there that are just really full of stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like people's idea of a great website is a website that has a ton of stuff on it or a ton of information or whatever. But people, you know, especially in the wedding industry, it's a very 
stressful thing to plan a wedding. I mean, you have your, all your family and friends coming to this one event. You want it to be perfect. So people are already kind of stressed out. The last thing they want is a website full of like <laughs> every package listing that you offer with every option that you offer. And then, you know, a bunch of other random stuff that people put on their websites. So definitely right. keep those websites clean clean <laughs> good advice very good advice all right we'll get into some technical questions <laughs> um so i i shoot uh sony mirrorless i'm on the alpha 7 mark ii i also have another alpha 7 and um actually i've got a sony nex vg 30h which is a more traditional uh video camera but it has interchangeable lenses um but with the mirrorless and the dslr market um and we kind of talked about this before, but it, you know, there's that 29 minute uh, limit, and some yeah. DSLRs have that 12 minute limit. Um, you know, coming from the corporate world where I do a lot of event videography, um, that is something I've got to really pay attention to because you know the, some events are are super long. Now ceremonies, you know maybe are under 29 minutes, maybe not, you know, especially a Catholic wedding. How do you deal with uh, the notion of, uh, you know, your, your camera's going to shut off in minutes? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, man, I thought you were going to ask me, like, a tough question about, like, the Sony or something. I, I'll and get I'm to that. Canon I'll guy, get to so, that. <laughs> so people start asking me questions about Sony or I Sonic, and I, I don't really know what to tell them because I don't know much about that. Um no, you know, the record limits are obnoxious. Um, you know, I was really disappointed this week when um, Canon announced the 5D Mark IV, which I'm super excited about um, overall. However, uh, there were a couple things I wanted it to have that it didn't, you know, 60 frames per second at 4K, uh, most notably was what I was really hoping for. Um, but the uh the time limit is still 29 minutes on that thing so uh that is a problem that won't be going away for me anytime soon um you know here's here my my best advice is get a watch right <laughs> wear a watch to your wedding um it, you know you can have your phone with you to keep track of the time but then you're pulling your phone out every few minutes and you look kind of weird uh doing that especially during a ceremony um it looks like you're waiting for a, an important text message or something <laughs> so so i just wear a watch um and what i do is i start out um with my back camera well actually that's not true so i have i'll just explain my setup real quick i have two canon 5d mark threes and those go on either side of the ceremony site, right? So one on the groom side, one on the bride side. And then my back camera is the Canon 5D Mark II. And that has a 12-minute record uh, limit. So That's crazy, 12 minutes. Why? Uh, I think that's just what – I mean, the Canon 5D Mark II is actually a pretty old camera now. Mm. Um it's been – it's starting to get up there in age. So it's been around for a long time, and I think – at the time, it was the first time they had debuted HD video in a DSLR. Well, maybe not ever in a DSLR, but at least in the Canon lineup. So I'm not sure why it's 12 minutes. Maybe it has something to do with the bit rate or something. 
Um, I I really don't know. Um, they did extend that to 29 or 30 minutes or so on the on the Mark III. Um, but yeah, so so 12 minutes there. So basically, what I do is I'll start um, I'll start the Mark Threes on the side, and then um, I'll walk back, and right before the ceremony starts, I'll start the Mark uh, Two. And I know I have 12 minutes, and um, hopefully everybody's down the aisle by that point. Um, I really try to start right when, like, maybe the officiant or someone is walking up to the front. Um, so, yeah, and then I, I look down at my watch at, right when I start it, and I say, okay, I got to be back here in, you know, 12 minutes. I look and see what's 12 minutes from now. Okay. That's 448. I'll be back here at 448 to start and restart the camera or stop and restart the camera. Um, and I just kind of, once the procession is over, it's actually a lot easier to manage. Um, because, uh, you know, then by that point, all my cameras are on tripods. Um, and I can just kind of walk around and manage the cameras. Okay. Uh, it gets a little tricky when it's a tight space, like a tiny church or there's like tile floors and you're wearing dress shoes or something. Cause then you got to like tiptoe. Otherwise you're click clacking around and that's, mm -hmm. that can be annoying. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And you know, and if, when you, we do a lot of outside weddings in Colorado, just mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that probably the most annoying thing is if I'm by myself and I don't have an assistant or something, just the clouds, you know, the clouds will move in. Mm. Um, it'll go from really sunny to not sunny, like in a second. So um, yep, then you yep. got to run around and adjust each of the cameras. Uh, and then, then the cloud moves back and it's really sunny again. And then you got to run around and adjust the cameras. So that, that gets a little annoying. <laughs> as far as the time goes, just yeah. wearing a watch. And, yep. uh, you know, it's obviously if you have – a crew of people, it's not a big deal because you have a person at each camera. If I'm doing a wedding where I know I'm not going to have access to the back camera or I'm not going to be able to move around for whatever reason, um, then I got to hire people to come and uh, and operate those cameras. And I, I usually, you know, I got a couple of friends that will come out just for an hour or so and <laughs> oh, cool. just here, stand here. Make sure this camera doesn't stop recording. <laughs> you know. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No. I, I I took that advice. I wore a watch. <laughs> Haven't worn a watch for like ten years. But no, I got a. Um, uh, the the nice thing is the ceremony was only like twenty minutes long, so I didn't I didn't run into that problem. But uh, I did have that watch on just in case. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a fashion statement. The, right. Yeah. The watches. I know it looks good, actually. <laughs> I I don't actually know if if women like watches, but <laughs> too funny. Um, so uh, maybe a less technical question I have is uh, some tips for working with a photographer. Now I lucked out. I worked with a photographer this last Saturday. His name's Tyler. Incredibly easygoing, super friendly. We worked really well together. It was a, a pure pleasure. Um, I did because I'm a beginner, you know, I, I consider myself a beginner, a reborn <laughs> wedding videographer. Um, I really let him take charge. Uh, I, you know, during the photo shoot, um, you know, I, I knew that was his thing. So I let him do it. And I kind of sniped in some footage of some interaction between the party members. And, um, and I let him know that, you know, 
you know, do your thing and I'll just kind of, you know, go around you. But I guess maybe a better question is, is how do you, uh, work with a photographer? Do you take charge? Um, or do you just wait till he's done? Do you have a special, uh, session set up with the bride and groom after, after the photo shoot or, so, or during bridal prep or whatever? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. I, and it sounds like what you're getting at is more of like, do I take charge during like the photo session where there's like the bridal party there or, um, family photos, stuff like that. I, I tend to not really do, I only really shoot that stuff if my clients want me to, because my thought is. I could be off getting shots of guests at cocktail hour, getting exteriors of wherever I'm at, maybe some drone shots or scenery shots or whatever during that photo session time. So in terms of like photo sessions, I really just try not to shoot a lot of that stuff. And it is honestly, it's more because it's just not my style to shoot post stuff. Um, I don't love posing my couples. I don't love having them walk through the field holding hands while I do a slow motion shot around them. I just, um, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me, right? It's not my style. So that being said, there are times where I do shoot that stuff because my clients really want it, right? So, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that I take charge and I wouldn't say that I am more submissive, (laughs) if you want to use that word, uh, uh, to the photographer, right? I I just realized that we both have these shots that we want to get. Um, So usually I just say, hey, just, and I'll tell them early on in the day or whatever, I'll just say, hey, just so you know, they, you know, I don't usually do this, but my clients wanted me to get shots during the photo session. And, and then I, you know, I go on to say, you know, I know that's your time and I don't want to take away from your time, but if I could just have 10 minutes with the clients, I'm going to have everything. And I already know what shots I'm going to do, right? Cause mm-hmm. I do the same ones every time. So I already know exactly what I'm going to make my clients do. And I know that I can get it done in under 10 minutes. Cool. And so I just let the photographer know like, Hey, if there's any way I can get 10 minutes, usually they're really nice about it. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, every once in a while I have a photographer that's like, oh, well, yeah, actually (laughs) the thing is, and then, you know, it's, it's a little harder. Um, so, but for the most part, people are pretty cool. I guess if they're being kind of stubborn, that's when you kind of got to like, and I hate to say it because I really don't want things to get to this point, but you kind of got to. You do have to like step up your game a little bit and really kind of take charge. And I am not someone that ever wants to intrude on a photographer's photo session because to me that's their time to do their job, right? right and right. I don't I don't really love how um, the post stuff and family photos and stuff really translates into in video. I mean, it's okay, but I it's just like I said, it's a style thing for me. So right. I have a hard time being aggressive, Michael. And, um, (laughs) but sometimes you gotta be, sometimes you gotta be, uh, 
aggressive Michael, right? So, right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, try not to let it come to that. Most photographers are pretty chill and we'll let you, we'll g- give you 10 minutes for that. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. All right. Good advice. All right. Going back to another technical question. So I've noticed in a lot of your uh, films, um, the use of slow-mo. So are you shooting at 60 frames, 120, and then laying it back to the timeline at 24? I, what Technically, what are, you, yeah. what are you doing there? So I do shoot a ton of slow-mo. It's something that I picked up for um, uh, the, actually the wedding videographer that shot my wedding. Uh, his thing was like shooting a bunch of slow-mo. And I love the way it looked, and I wanted a simple, you know, few minute long highlight video, nothing crazy for my wedding. Um, I just wanted it to be simple and he does a ton of glide cam stuff and, uh, it was cool. It was really cool. And when I got back and from my wedding and I was, I watched it, um, I did a couple more weddings where I just shot, you know, 24 frames per second or whatever. Um, and then like almost overnight, I realized how much I liked this uh, guy's style, it's, uh, his name is Aaron Benitez with uh, dpweddings.com. Uh, I think that's the website. Um, yeah, super nice dude, and I just really liked his style. Um, he doesn't include, at least back when he shot my wedding, he didn't really include any sound bites or anything, like the stuff that I like to do. Um, so I thought, man, what if I took this slow motion style and just incorporated it into what I do with like still having a bunch of sound bites and stuff and toasts and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. And, um, unfortunately the Canon 5D Mark three only shoots 60 frames per second at, um, a 720p resolution. So it's not even the full 1080, which, you know, now full, full 1080p is kind of like, if you're not shooting that, at least you're kind of lame because now there's people that are starting to shoot 4k and stuff. Um, so that is one thing I'm glad somewhat about on the, the new Canon 5d Mark, uh, four is now you can do full HD, the 1080p resolution at, um, 60 frames per second. I was kind of hoping that they would have added a 120 frames per second option. Mm -hmm. Um, not that I would necessarily use that all that much, um, my bread and butter is still going to be 60 frames per second because I mean, how slow do you really need stuff to go, you know? But yeah, I, to answer your question, I'm shooting at 60 frames per second, um, at 720p, which I think surprises people. And what I do is I put it on a 1080p, uh, 23 per, uh, 20 or sorry, 24 frames per second timeline. Mm-hmm. And I just scale to size. So you can right click on the video clips um, and right. scale them to size. Gotcha. Um, so that's what I'm doing there. And I, what, that allows you to slow down the clips as much as you want down to 40%. 40%. Okay. 40%. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. It looks it looks great. I mean, I, I would have never known that you were shooting at 720 and uh, delivering, you know, 1080. It just it just looks great. It looks really. Yeah, you you do kind of notice the difference when you see a 1080 clip right next to a 720 mm-hmm. clip. Um, I do add a little bit of sharpness and um, a little bit of grain from the folks over at Gorilla Grain. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that's what they're called. Just Google Gorilla Grain and you can f download some grain packs. That, that seems to help a little bit too. Um, I know a lot of videographers who would look at my work and they would definitely be able to tell like, hey, that's not even 1080p. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, most of my, honestly, my clients, I say most of my clients, I don't even think any of them have ever noticed or said anything to me about the resolution quality. Mm. Um, so to me, it's like, well, I'm going to keep doing this till Canon comes out with a new camera. And now that they have all, you know, when I get the Mark IV, I'll eventually uh, switch over to 1080p uh, 60 frames. But right. Um, and then maybe I'll do 4K for like a couple scenery shots. Or I don't know. Maybe I won't even, I don't know really know what <laughs> that would be yet. But well, speaking of delivery, have you ever delivered a, a video in 720? <laughs> Right. Um, and so, yeah, so all my videos I'm delivering in 720, okay. just scaled up to 1080p. Uh, um, no, I mean your final export then is it's 1080 or 720? Yeah. The final export is 1080p. Okay. Okay. Um, so you just scale up. Okay. It's, it's just upscaled. So it's yeah. not like yeah. I magically shot in 720 and now it's magically 1080. I mean, the dimensions are. But right. I just scaled it up, and the computer like added right. whatever it adds in order to do that. So cool. Well, it looks great. So no worries there. Um, and then as far as your final product, uh, of course, I've seen your highlights films. But do you ever do long formatted uh, documentary style one hour films? Do you do that at all? So no, yeah, that's really just not for me. I don't really have the patience. Um, I do know. Uh, I think we had Dustin Stelly on of Stelly Weddings. Yeah, that's uh, right. You can, yeah. you can check him out at, at StellyWeddings.com. Uh, super nice guy, and he does long form edits. He does hour long feature films, all edited with music and like the whole nine. He really. Uh, he's able to do that. I just don't have the patience. Um, and I don't really feel like I'm particularly skilled at the long form edits. I think it takes a, a specific kind of style and skill that I just feel like I don't really have. Um, mm. the longest video that I've ever delivered was probably like the longest wedding video that I've ever delivered was probably maybe 18 minutes long or something maybe 20 minutes like max and that like that really is the longest one um yeah that's what of, i, I of thought highlight kind of video yeah because that's what i thought were just strictly highlights but do you ever get um you know a bride saying you know i really would would have loved to seen the entire ceremony um do you well, ever get so yeah so so and all of my packages that i offer include a highlight video um it includes the full ceremony edit, right? So okay. I view the ceremony as this, it's it's its own separate video. Um, sure. So I'll cut in between. I'll do a whole edit on it. I'll cut in between the different camera angles. Uh, I'll bring up mics at certain points and uh, the the different microphones that I'm using. Um, and just do a full full edit there. So they do get the full ceremony. Um, but in terms of highlight videos, um, yeah, I I don't. Uh, I don't do anything that's like longer than like 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. And I only do like one 15 minute one like a year because nobody ever <laughs> to do that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the sub 10 minute is a great highlight film that you know brides can share on Facebook, whatever. They, you know, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of their friends probably wouldn't want to watch a highlights film over 10 minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I can go on. I can actually go on Vimeo and see what you know how many times a video is viewed and how many times it's watched until the end. Mm. Um, and it, the, the watch till the end is always way lower than the actual amount of plays because people, uh, people have short attention spans. So, right. um, you know, nobody really, other than the, the clients, uh, which is at the end of the day who I care about the most, um, they, they really don't watch until the end. So, um, yeah. So yeah, we live in kind of a society, like an ADD kind of, <laughs> it's true. Like, <laughs> Who has 10 minutes to watch a wedding video? I know I don't. Uh, and I, I, that's what I do for a living. So, um, (laughs) yeah, no, I hear you. I I totally hear you. Um, so I got a, another technical question for you, and this is because of your awesome drone footage that you include. Um, uh, I assume you're, well, uh, one question is what are you using? Uh, and also are you putting like an ND filter on there and what frame rate are you shooting that footage at? So a little technical, right? Yeah. There. So, um, I'm using the Phantom three professional. Um, it's made by DJI. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Phantom four now, but I probably will keep my three for a while. Um, so yeah, that, that gets me through. I mean, it's pretty good video quality overall. The, uh, they also have the inspire one out with, um, the X five camera upgrade. And, uh, there's an, even an X five raw version of the camera, which looks way better than, um, the, the, than the P threes. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just shoot in the 4k mode. Um, even though, I'm always just kind of scaling it to down to size anyway. So probably doesn't, probably don't need to shoot in 4k, but I just do it in case I get a great clip that I want to, uh, upload somewhere else, maybe to like a stock footage website. I was in Denver a few weeks back and got some great shots of the Denver skyline. Mm. And, um, I used them in the wedding video, but then I also uploaded them to, um, the stock footage website where people can download clips. So, um, cool. I, I shoot, I do try to shoot that kind of stuff in 4k just in case I get something really good that I want to sell later on. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, shoot it and I just shoot it 30 frames per second. That's, I think you can't really go any faster in mm-hmm. 4k, at least in the, on the Phantom three series. Right. Um, so if I wanted to slow it down, I could to like 80% on the timeline. Um, so it kind of slows you down just a little bit, not much. Um, I, I don't usually slow any of my drone stuff down. I usually just play it back regular speed. Um, are you using a indie filter yeah, on there? Yeah. yeah. So that was the other thing. Um, <laughs> I do, I have uh, a few different filters from, uh, the company is called polar pro. Um, I have a 16, a 32 and 64, um, uh, level ND filter. So three different filters. I find myself using the 32 in broad daylight. Uh, the 64 I would use, um, 
really only if I was in the mountains and everything was snow covered, because then you get a ton of light, a ton of reflection. Like the 32 is still um, not strong enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, and then the 16 I kind of use maybe like around sunset time where it's still kind of too bright to just use uh, the camera. Um, cause really what you're trying to do is you're trying to get your shutter speed to just be twice, whatever the frame rate is that you're shooting. So if I'm shooting mm. 30 frames per second, I want my shutter speed to be, um, at about, uh, 60, right? Gotcha. So, so whatever your frames per second you're doing, uh, just double that and get the closest shutter speed you can to that. What that'll do is add a little bit of motion blur, um, which, gets rid of a lot of that like blockiness for for those of you who have a p3 or a phantom or whatever you know when you're you're flying on a really sunny day and you have to crank the shutter up to like 640 or something like that just to you know not be overexposed um you'll notice when you get your video back that it's very blocky very like harsh looking it feels like you can see like all the pixels that are just like uh, just looking like crap. So um, <laughs> when you when you bring that shutter speed down, um, it's a little more, well, a lot more fluid looking, right? So you get a little bit of motion blur in there, and it makes it look uh, a little more natural. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'm doing with the drone. Cool, cool, awesome. Um, got a, another general question as far as uh, how you do these and. And, uh, and it's in regards to the first looks, um, I've seen, I've kind of been hit and miss. And as far as what I've seen, sometimes they just look awkward and I, and I kind of think maybe it's because the bride and groom know they're being recorded. So they just don't act naturally. Uh, do you have any tips to kind of overcome that? I mean, I, I, I have seen some really, um, great first looks, um, but some of them, I don't know, they just seem strange so do you have any tips as far as uh maybe talking to the bride and groom before to uh or you set up differently so it's not so awkward for them or is it just hit and miss some some work some don't yeah um it is hit and miss i mean for the most part i don't have too many problems with it um i think it kind of depends i'll say this i think it kind of depends on people's ages um Mm. if you have an older couple that maybe has been married before the first look might feel a little weird to them. (laughs) Um, But if you have a couple who's, this is the first time they're getting married and they're like super in love or whatever, they kind of forget about the camera um, during that moment. So, and and not, not to say that that's how it is always. It's just something I've kind of noticed and picked up on. Um, I do have younger couples that are just, you know, they're just not comfortable in front of the camera. Um, it's almost sometimes I've had some couples that are really nervous. Um, and it's, I almost wonder why they hired me. It seems like it's torture <laughs> for them to be like on camera or whatever. Um, but really I think the key is a, a couple things. One is getting to New York, know your clients beforehand. I always do two Skype calls with my clients. One when I book them and then one, a couple of weeks out from the wedding. And I'm always just very conversational, just like, super chill. I'm usually wearing a sweatshirt. I'm looking very approachable. Right. Um, 
because I don't want to intimidate anybody. Right. I don't want them to think that I'm like this fancy filmmaker. Well, I don't think anybody ever thinks that, but <laughs> I, you, you just want to be very friendly. Um, mm-hmm. That way, when you show up, they feel like they kind of know you um, and they don't feel weird. Um, as far as what to do at the first look, I, I will say I usually let photographers figure that one out, um, where to put them. And, you know, if sometimes a photographer will ask me where I want to put them. And if I have an idea, I'll say, hey, why don't we do it over here? Or well, why don't we set it up like this? But usually the photographer kind of handles that. And I, I try not to be too close ever, right? I, I use a 24 to 105 zoom lens for a good chunk of the day. Um, so I just zoom all, I get, I figure out what framing I want and then I zoom all the way in and then I move so that that's, so I have the framing that I want, but that way I can be a little bit farther back. Right. Cause if you're right up in the couple's face, um, and I've seen photographers do this, I've seen videographers do this and it's so obnoxious. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll just get super close and like stick their camera in there and snap a photo or whatever. And it's, it's just like, okay, how is anybody <laughs> supposed to concentrate or like not be um, distracted by that, right? So, right. Um, so yeah, I just tend to hang back a little bit and I'm pretty quiet on wedding day shoots. I don't really talk to the clients a ton, you know. I'll, I'll smile and laugh at their jokes or like um, say something every once in a while. But for the most part, I, I really just kind of hang back and let them do their thing. And I, I think that makes them feel more at ease when they don't feel like they have to perform or put on a show for me. Um, Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so and yeah. I, and then, but I will say you're always going to have some couples where, you know, things just don't go that well. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm work, I'm actually working on a wedding today. I was editing a wedding where just the way the vows were read. I'm just like, Oh, that doesn't really sound that great. I'm just kind of like, well, shoot these vows like they just didn't sound enthusiastic and i think they i think the couple just felt like it was a really serious moment um but you could it's just the tone and stuff just doesn't sound right so you're gonna you're gonna have times where your first look maybe like you said doesn't look right or (laughs) the vows aren't read in a really awesome way or whatever um that stuff happens you know Hopefully it doesn't happen every time. <laughs> if it's happening every time, then you might have a bigger problem. But um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you know you can't expect perfection every time. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I but I like your theme. Your theme is you know just try to make them relaxed and you're approachable and and maybe that will relax them and and let them be at ease, you know. And so some natural. Hopefully, hopefully some natural emotion will come out of it. So, no, I, I appreciate that advice. Hey, so I'm conscious of your time, and I know I've asked you a lot of questions. I've probably got another, you know, 30, 40 questions to ask you, but maybe I'll just finish well, up. Let's, Yeah, let's knock, out, uh, let's knock out three more questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, computer. So are you Mac, PC? What do you use for editing? Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really asked me the uh, Mac or PC question anymore. Well, here you go. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. I used to get it, like, all the time. All the time, right. Um, I'm definitely a Mac guy. Um, you know, I, I haven't been super impressed with Apple 
necessarily since you know Steve Jobs passed away. He definitely he definitely made his mark, right? Um, just in the way that sometimes the computer performs now, they've kind of I don't know. There's like a couple programs and applications where I'm like, man, why did they change this and why did they do this? And overall, I love I love Mac. I love Apple. Um, I think a great example is actually, even though it has nothing to do with wedding videography, it really is the, the iPhone. I don't think Steve Jobs would have ever let them come out with the iPhone 6 that has the camera kind of like jutting out of the back of the phone. Um <laughs> It right. just seems like so, so against everything that Steve Jobs stood for, right? And I know that sounds probably silly, but so in some ways, um, Apple has kind of not been their best in recent years. Um, but I, I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and the Adobe Production Suite, so um, and it runs just fine on a Mac, and I still like the way Macs look. I still like the interface. Um, when I get on a, a Windows computer, I kind of feel um, <laughs> I I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable and out of place because I've been using Apple since basically since I graduated high school. So, um, right. I, I, if to do anything else would feel foreign to me. So I'm not saying one is better than the other. Uh, I don't get into that debate, but for me, Mac is just what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. I mean, all these are just tools and, uh, you know, it's whatever tool does the job for you. And, um, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, and then there's the whole debate of, you know, Sony versus Canon and, and it sounds like you're going to go with the, uh, Mark four. Is that, is that your, uh, yeah, because, and I'll, I'll tell you why it's not like I've never thought about switching cameras maybe to like a gh4 like whatever gh5 they announce pretty soon um it's just that one i'm comfortable with canon right so i'm familiar with the menu settings i'm familiar with how the cameras operate and i'm very familiar with the things that can go wrong with them and i, I say this all the time to people you know they i i've been driving um i'm on my second bmw and I plan on driving this car until it stops working and then buying another BMW 3 Series. Um, my last car was a 3 Series. This car that I have now is the X3, which is part of the 3 Series. Um, and people would say, why, why are you always going to keep driving the same car? That sounds really lame, sounds really boring. The thing is, is you get to know the equipment. You get to know the machine, right? Um, right. Right. Like I know that in the X in the three series, the window regulators fail a lot. And I know that because I've been driving them for like the last 10 years. So, <laughs> so I know that I need to always have uh, 600 or 700 bucks in my uh, car account to cover that next window regulator failing. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's, you know, it happens, you know, every other year. So, um, I like knowing the machine. I like knowing what the common problems are and the common fixes. If I'm switching to a different car all the time or a different camera, right, I'm not mm -hmm. going to necessarily know the problems with that car or that camera. I'm not going to know that, oh, if I don't use the right kind of – if I don't use uh, 
if I don't cover this camera up in the sun, it's going to overheat or whatever. Right. right. So right. just being familiar, that's, that's one reason. The other reason that I'm going to get the Mark four is because I don't see myself really going 4k next year. Um, I know a couple people who say they're only going to start shooting 4k from now on, but it's still so expensive to like store all that footage. And for every wedding that I do, um, you know, how, how many gigs did you shoot at this last wedding? I know you said it before. How, say, what was the question? How, Sorry. how many gigabytes did you <laughs> oh, shoot? Uh, hundred, uh, yeah. 140. It was all 1080. Although we did shoot, um, uh, some 4k footage. We, we do have a drone, so we right. shot some of that, but, but, uh, so, most of it was all 1080 and it was 140 gigs. Yeah. 140 gigs. So for me, what I do is I back up that footage in three different places. Yeah. Same here. I have two drives, um, in my house that are just mirrors of each other. They're two separate physical drives and I just make them mirror each other. And then I have one drive that I put in the glove box of my car. Um, in case my house explodes or something, right? So if you shoot 140 gigs, um, you're not, you know, you're not just shooting 140 gigs. Really, it's going to end up taking 420 gigs of space for me, right? So I've tripled the amount of data just by backing up my footage, um, and that can be really expensive. And when you start doing 4K and then tripling the size of that. It gets really expensive. So for yeah. me, right now, it just doesn't make sense for me to shoot 4K. Um, I'm going to sh start shooting 1080p, and that's going to be a nice little bump up. Nothing crazy. But my clients who don't really notice right now probably won't notice when I make the switch, although it will look better. So there's just no reason right now for me to, to switch to a GH4 or – a Sony that shoots all 4k and you know, right. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I did. So. I did forget that we, we do have one camera. We have a JVC that shoots 4k. I forgot about that. That was a, a brand new one. And, and you're right. The storage, um, requirements are, you know, it's double, triple <laughs> shooting 1080. So you're right. It's gonna, it's gonna eat up a lot of your storage. And, and in fact, last night I was up till two 30 in the morning doing backups and, and made three backups. And, <laughs> uh, it was, it was a lot of time, you know, a lot of time spent. So, but I think you're right. I, uh, I like what you said about, you know, the tools and being familiar with them. Um, it's really, uh, you know, that, to become so familiar with it that you know how to get the best image from it. Um, you know, that, that really, I think is the key because I've always been like the guy that always bought the latest and greatest. Well, by doing that, I wasn't really familiar with the equipment. And so it take, you know, take a lot of time to, to learn it. But I, I like what I hear from you. It's like, no, 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 get to know your equipment and, and you'll be a better you know filmmaker because of it. And, um, and staying with the Canon series rather than switching somewhere else, that makes sense too because you're familiar with, you know, like the menu system, the, the lenses, all that kind of stuff. And it, it just makes for a natural progression. Yeah. So, yeah and I totally understand the people who want to jump ship and go to Sony and go to Panasonic and – uh, or black magic or whatever. Like I totally get it. Like I don't disagree with you. I think Canon needs to kind of step up, um, what they're putting out and you know, they're, 
in one way, I think they're giving us exactly what the market calls for at this point in time. Um, but I would say to Canon that you're not releasing a new Mark III or Mark IV every couple of years. You're releasing them every like four or five years, right? Right. So like, I I would expect that you know there'd be a couple more features in this particular camera to get us through that next four to five years, unless they plan on coming out with the Mark V in two years, which right. then whatever. But but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I can say about that. Yeah. Everybody's got their own opinion, but. Um, you know, nah, I, I'm just comfortable I, with Canon, and yeah, I've got I've got a good workflow going, and I don't really want to mess that up. So hey, and your product is excellent, so I don't see any reason to change. You know, so yeah, <laughs> I I, it depends on who you ask. I know the <laughs> the resolution uh, the resolution uh, people out there are gonna look at it and be like, oh, that looks like crap, and which I I understand. I yeah. I understand it. Sometimes I'm editing and I'm a little frustrated with the 720p myself. But um, like I said, you know, it, it, my clients don't notice and I save a ton of money by not necessarily switching right away to anything yeah, else. Yeah, no, I hear you. It comes down to the bride and groom. If they're happy, that's all that matters. So, And if there was a huge demand for 4K all of a sudden, if all my clients were asking me about 4K, oh, yeah. Uh, I would, I would most definitely switch. Um, but for me and what I'm doing and my clients, the market has not, um, gotten to that point yet. So cool. Cool. Well, Hey, um, like I said, I could keep asking a thousand questions, but I'm, I'll probably just wrap it up with this. Hey, I just wanted to, you know, again, thank you. I mean, you're a huge inspiration, not only to me, but to all your subscribers and, and, and they may be quiet, but I know they're encouraged and, and their, uh, your advice is helping, you know, a lot of people out there. So I just encourage you to continue doing wedding videography school and, um, and know that you are helping people, even if you don't hear from, <laughs> from them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've been getting a surprisingly, uh, good amount of emails from people good. out there. So thank good. you guys good. for writing in and, and asking questions and talking and um, you know this this we can make wedding videography school whatever you want it to be so um, definitely send in your topic ideas um, it's not easy to necessarily come up with topics all the time to talk about and um, so yeah and Michael I appreciate you listening to the podcast and getting in touch with me and we were able to set this up and this is going to help a ton of people out there so um, yeah, I just I love the the interaction that I'm getting with people. Um, awesome. I used to not be a very social person, and uh, this yeah. is this is something I actually kind of enjoy now. So just hearing from different people and getting to know people and answering questions and all you know, I say it all the time. I am not you know the expert, uh, quote unquote, like the definitive expert on wedding videography or video stuff. Like there's there's always going to be somebody better than me. There's always going to be somebody better than you. Um, and that's just the way it is. But whatever I can do to kind of help people um, get out of uh, a rut, you know, for me, it was, you know, I was stuck working a job that I didn't like. And um, this was my way out. And uh, if I can help, you know, some other people uh, fulfill their dreams and, and for you, get back out there and <laughs> do something that you really enjoy doing, then then uh, 
I, I enjoy that. So, and you have, I mean, you really have encouraged me and I really, you know, I appreciate your passion to educate, you know, this is cool. And, uh, so thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that Q and a session with Michael Tatera. Hopefully you found it useful. Uh, if so, please, please, please log on to iTunes and leave a rating and a short review for our show wedding videography school podcast. Uh, let us know what was helpful to you and what you love about the show. Uh, tell your friends, tell your, tell your friends and family. <laughs> uh, well, I guess just tell other videographers about the show. And uh, when you when you support the show like that, it helps us bring better quality content to you, uh, better interviews, um, all all free of charge. So uh, that's it for this week's episode. If you have questions or comments, maybe you have an idea uh, for a podcast episode, or maybe you have questions about traveling for weddings and you'd love to see me do a video about that, submit your questions, uh, send all that stuff to me directly at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at WeddingVideographySchool.com. Again, that's Michael at WeddingVideographySchool.com. That's it for today, guys. This is Michael, and until next time, be safe and shoot well.